Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir. We meet weekly. Little Nishmas Nachman Yaakov Ben Svihirsh, Allah Shalom. And Bachevachana, Allah Shalom, Bas Vodalachayim, Avram Shiche. This week is Pashvayakil Pekude Chazak. Shabbos Chazak. So I'm sure everybody's going to want to go to Shul to hear Chazak. And. It is Pashas HaChedesh. Full, full action, action, action. Two Sifritera, Pashas HaChedesh, and for Shemais, for the Vayakon Pekudei. In Vayakon Pekudei, we're going to lay in Chazak. What more could you ask? Shabbos Mavarchim, Chedesh, Nisan. Also, the Shabbos is Chav Zayin. Other. And tonight is, of course, as you all know, so, there's a few things to discuss. coming. Anyway, today, uh, in our wonderful world of WhatsApp, which we managed to always get the most brilliant things. The line of the day, <laughs> in my personal opinion, just to start off on a bright note, it's okay to talk to yourself, it's even okay to answer yourself. When you ask yourself to repeat what you just said, you have a problem. It's something to think about. <laughs> I mean, everybody talks to themselves sometime or another. But to... Um, Talk to yourself and... Okay, you got it already. Let's not beat a dead horse. <coughs> Repetition. People tend to repeat themselves. Even I repeat myself sometimes. I also consider myself part of people. So I repeat myself. Time in the Tera, that the Abishta says something over a second time. Okay. Said it over again. Pashva Yakhil and Pekudei. It's quite a large amount of Psukim for repetition. And we look back only a few short pages before Pashis Truma and Tetzave. And through Metatzave, again, we were talking already about the Mishkan, its kalim, its vessels. Why is the Tera? If the Tera wants to repeat it, we know that there are stories in the Tera that are repeated, things that happen in the Tera that are repeated. Story of uh, the Shidduch, Eliezer, Avram is repeated. Fine. Why repeat this entire concept? The building of the Mishkan. It's Kalim when we already had the entire building, its vessels, etc. elaborated in two parshas. It wasn't mentioned in the passing. 
in a single particular parsha, but rather two full parshas. Truma and Tetzave were devoted to the Mishkan and its Kalim. And yet, the Tater repeats, Vayakel and Pekudei, everything again. All the different parts of the, of the Mishkan and the different vessels, etc. Why? What is going on here? Why would the Tater take up so much when the Tater goes out of its way to be precise with each and every word? But if we look, in essence, at the actual psukim, we re- we'll see that Teruma and Tetzave, oh, look who's here, Teruma and Tetzave are dedicated I have to pause for a moment to let Atlanta Georgia join us. Okay. Welcome Atlanta Georgia. Good to see you feeling better. Um, I'm going to mute my computer. <coughs> so the question we had just finished asking is why the repetition of the Tera of Truma and Tetzave why is it repeated again when we already learned in Vayakil and Pekude in its entirety? Why are the two parshias devoted, dedicated to repeating what was already mentioned back in Truma and Tetzave? Taylor is giving us a, actually a very, very big lesson, a very strong lesson here. As an introduction to it, I'd like to discuss one almost non-significant vessel, as we discussed last week, actually. And that's the Kir. The Kir Nechoshes. The hand, the vessel that they use to wash the hands and feet. The basin, referred to it last week. And it was made out of not gold, not silver, copper. Out of copper. It tells us the Pasuk, Vayasakir the Cheshes, how is it made out of? Bimareis Hatseveis. This is chapter 38, verse 8. Pasuk Ches. It was made out of the donation given by the women of their mirrors. Tells us Rashi. We know they were given from their mirrors. <coughs> the Chayr of the Tater telling us that means that it's a nice thing that they did. But Rashi comes on to say, B'nai Sisrael, the women, the Jewish women, they had these mirrors in their hands, 
Shiroyes behen kishehim miskashdes that they were able to see their reflection when they beautify themselves. And then Rashi finishes off vahoyemayis meisha behen. Meisha was actually disgusted by them. Mipneisha suyin the yitzahara. This was done for the Yetzirah. So Moshe did not want to take them. The Almighty told Moshe, Kabel, accept it. Ki elu for these mirrors, chaviven alay min kol shal yudehem. From everything that they have, this is something dearer to me than anything else. Because Hamidu Hanoshim the women were able to establish a nation in Egypt. The men had a very, very hard day, as did the women. Needless to say, if the husband comes home after a long, exhausting day, and the wife is also looking exhausted. The wife is looking shabby. The wife is looking unkempt. It doesn't do much for a marriage. And most definitely not for a marriage that's for one intention, one intention only basically is to bring children into the world. So the women had these mirrors with which they looked at themselves, they checked themselves as they beautified themselves. So the husband came home, the husband would want to be with them. The Almighty tells Moshe though a very, very interesting wording. This is more and dear to me than anything that they have. How is it possible? Moshe saw this as something that's a tool for the Yetzirah, for the evil inclination. So not the Abish that says to him, don't worry, it's good also. The Abish goes to the extreme to say, this is a dearer thing to me than anything else you have. Very, very strange. Let us again focus and understand, which is important to what we said before, the question of the repetition of the Parshish. We need to understand, according to its known, what is known, the reason, the entire what's called Tachlis HaKavona, the entire reason, why did the Almighty create this entire physical world? For the Almighty had a yearning to have a dwelling in the lower realm. How can the Almighty dwell even in physical and in lowly items? This is ultimately what the Almighty's yearning for constructing, for making a world.
Therefore, that being said, when the Almighty gives a commandment, Rechaim, Rechaim, Make for me a Migdash and I will dwell amongst them. The Almighty wanted the Jews to take physical, Kesev, Zov, Nechashis, etc. Physicals, gold, silvers, copper, material. And from this Tafka to build him a home. You would want to think that perhaps when God says, build me a dwelling place, God, the omnipresent, wants a f- beautiful spiritual palace. Which we, of course, cannot construct unless we do our mitzvahs and our commandments, and then we tell with our mitzvahs, we ultimately construct kedusha, spirituality, but we don't actually make a house for the Almighty. that case but here the Almighty said no I want you to build this from physical material and there it will be a revelation of godliness that everyone will be able to see I will actually dwell there this is a fulfillment of the reason of the creation to make an actual dwelling place for the Almighty. Now, if this is the intention of the world being built, the making of the Mishkan, the Almighty could have rested in any physical thing. So we understand, therefore, that the lower that something becomes, when we make a lowly item into a dwelling place for the Almighty, the Almighty elevates this. And the Almighty says, Adirabha, just the opposite. This is what I want to see. I want to see you take the anything that there is in the world and make this a dwelling place for me. Now we understand what it says that the Almighty said to Moshe, these mirrors are chavivin alayman akil. For when you take these mirrors, physical material, which is a suyim le this is made for yitzahara, for a person to sit and stare in a mirror. They got one. And what do you do? You bend and you twist and you destroy the Yetzirah. And the opposite. You make it and you use it now for something, for Kedusha, for holiness. Their intention of using these items, these mirrors, was so they could establish, they can build a nation, they can have the children... This, says the Abishtah, is more dear to me than anything else. And this is the idea of the Mishkan. 
physical material that has no value almost to anybody and make this a dwelling place for the Almighty. Elevate it to such a level that it comes to fulfill the reason why the Almighty created the world. They take and they sanctify the takhtin shein takhtin lamatemenu, the lowest lowest can get, and there they bring the shkina hagdesha, the holy shkina. The pasuk is trumant tzava. Give all the instructions. Oh man, someone else died now. Who is this? I know. Wasn't it tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock, Italy time? Judge's decision. Yeah, to release his body. Huh? I know. Levy's on the phone the whole time for that. A very close friend of mine passed away today in uh, Italy. Suddenly, he was there as a, as a, at work. He was in his hotel room, and they didn't come. He didn't come down to where he had to be. And uh, they went upstairs with the police. They found him dead back in his hotel room. And it's not a simple situation. He was sixty-seven years old, and therefore they're not releasing the body so easily. So one of the uh, rabbis that I baked matzahs with today. He's Italian, actually. He's from Italy. So he was on the phone, back and forth with all the police, discussing and trying to get the body released. Anyway... The idea, therefore, I just got a text. One minute, let me see what the text is. The idea, therefore, being the Truman Tetzava gave instructions. Brought it into fruition. Vayakel, gathering, telling the person, bring it together, bring yourself together, bring your personal Mishkan together. But yet, Pukudei enumerates each and everything. To a level where the lowest of low, a tool which the Yitzhahara uses, tells us that Yitzhah Vatsadik was punished because he would look in the mirror a lot and fix his hair. It's not a simple thing. A person cannot be vain. A person has to know they're created in this world for a reason. The vanity is not acceptable.
And therefore, Vayakya Pikudim are repeating everything, but telling us how they were constructed. In essence, they were actually done. I told the story before, just to show how, well, some people has no value, some people have a value to it. I personally, in the winter time, wear a white tie all the time. Actually, it's a transparent tie. Because my vest goes up very high and my beard comes down a little low. So as far as I was concerned, <laughs> I'm wearing any color tie you want. Um, but I never really got a complaint about the tie. But the story that I've told before was of the Bachram they used to go every Friday to Manhattan. We all go every Friday to different places, different offices to meet people that don't put on film every day, unfortunately, but Fridays they do. When you get to talk to people, you get to make wonderful connections with people this way. Which is not the idea. The idea is actually to bring them closer to Hashem and to show them the beauty of Hashem, and therefore bring them closer. These boys went to a few offices. Some offices are very welcoming. Some offices not so much. There's one more office they went to. They knew as a Jew in the office. The other partners or lawyers, whatever, were in the office, were not Jewish. Used to be very friendly to them every week. They'd come in, they would say, hey, give them high fives, pumps, whatever you want to call them. But the Jewish lawyer would never come out. We never talked to them. We ignored them. But every week they would leave him a Lechaim brochure. They didn't give it to him. They left it with the secretary. One Friday, the boys come down to the train station. The popular form of transportation to most of Manhattan is the four train. It's express, it's this, it's that. We only have a three train here. So you take the three to Franklin and you change for the four. Franklin is a very popular stop, having the four trains go through it. 
And oftentimes you have these vendors standing on the platform. Either vendors or performers. Interesting place sometimes. One particular vendor is standing there. And he sees this group of boys. He's trying to sell them a something. Train's not coming, so they're, you know, they're listening. It's funny, it's cute. This wind-up toy, this thing. That. Finally, he points at one guy. And he says to him, hey, I have something for you. It's pure silk, a tie, a pure silk tie. It's yours for $20. Well, the bucket says, listen, I don't wear ties. I'm definitely not paying $20 for it. Well, this guy said he's got to get, he's going to get this tie around this guy's neck. Come what may. So, he started bargaining. He's bargaining. He's bargaining with himself. <clears throat> you know what? I'll give it to you for 10 I'll give it to you for 5 He's going back and he's going further. But finally, the guy was so determined that this guy take this tie. So I'll tell you what, it's a silk tie, it's expensive. I want you to have it. So you take this tie, but on one condition. I won't charge you for it. All I want is... Wear it today. Promise me today you'll wear it. Promise me today you'll wear the tie. As long as you wear it today, I'll give it to you for a gift. Uh, Bacha was really getting nervous from this. But even worse than that, what am I going to do with this tie? I don't even know how to put on a tie, he says. <coughs> the guy tells him, come here, I'll show you how. And he puts the tie on the Bacha, he ties him the tie and everything. He shows him in a mirror. Look, it's beautiful. Fits, matches everything you're wearing. The Bacha said, alright, listen, this is what the deal was. I wear it today, I'll wear it. And ironically, his train had not come until all this time. Finally, the train showed up. They get on the train and they go right there. They come to the law office again, this particular law office, and they're talking to the other lawyers, and they're going about to leave the Lechayim for this Jewish lawyer, when the Jewish lawyer comes out of his office and says, you, come here. You, with the tie, come here. Calls him into his office, rolls up his sleeve, says, let's put on Phil. <laughs> You don't look a gift horse in the mouth. For this is for for us it's a big mitzvah, it's a big schus to be able to put film with somebody. Mm-hmm. Said, sure. And they put on film. They finished putting on film and then saying whatever they were gonna say, whatever prayers they said. And the guy says, uh, you're probably wondering. I never put on film before, why am I putting on today? I'll tell you my story. 
I'm going through a very hard time. The firm is not doing well. Whatever it was. And I really was getting... I'm getting to a point where I was dismayed. I was lost. And... I walked out of my office and I saw this thing that you leave us every week mm-hmm. and had a picture of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. So, I said, maybe the Lubavitcher Rebbe can help me. Anyway, last night, mm-hmm. I had a dream I had a dream. And the Lubavitch Rebbe came to me in the dream. And the Lubavitch Rebbe asked me, and I said to him, maybe help me out. I'm in trouble. I used to put on tefillin as a child after Bar Mitzvah. Do something for me. And the Rebbe said to me, why don't you put on every week? I send you boys every week to put on film. And the fellow said, because they're a bunch of schlumps. They're a bunch of slobs. They don't even wear a tie. So the Rebbe said, you want a tie? I'll send you a tie. So when you showed up today with a tie, I realized you never said, sent you. Sent you with your tie that I keep my commitment to what I said to him the night before. Um, honestly, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I can't tell you if the guy's law firm perked up or not, or whatever happened to it. <coughs> this is how the story goes. The lowly tie. The tie. That what is it worth already? What is the value of a tie already? It makes a person presentable to other people. It makes a person think that it's more sophisticated, that it's sophisticated to wear it. And people spend time, effort, and money buying ties of, of who knows what. And they sit, stare at themselves in the mirror, knotting their ties. And most of us in our circles don't even wear ties. But yet, the tie took on such a value 
took on such a twist that a person actually put on tefillin, tying his heart and his mind to Hashem because of this physical tie. This is the message of the copper mirrors that are so mundane, so physical. But it's with this vessel that Hashem says, I want you to make my, te- my temple. I want you to do, put value in my temple. Let us examine the actions of the people bringing what they needed to bring for the temple. It was great, the cooperation, the unison. Everybody was really on top of their game. And the beginning of the Pasha tells us they came to the words of that he brought together the entire nation with the truma, the donations that they brought for the service in the Mishkan. How did this all take place? Vayavayu kol ish ashenasei libei. Chapter 35, verses 21 through 26. Each one that brought according to their hearts, whatever their spirits wanted to donate. They brought their all their donations to the Almighty for the service in the Almighty and all the service and the garments, the holy garments. All the different rings and bracelets. All different materials, all different walls. Hey, view they brought. Again, it says, "Come, made him trumas kesef in the cases they view as trumas Hashem." Cause you didn't say anyone that had atzei shitim. The woods there is the woods, beams of wood. Come, lachas avedah he view they brought it. Cholisha chachmas leiv beyond the tavu v'yadei tavu, and the women, the brilliant women, were weaving on the animals' backs from the wool. Etc. All that took place. Then the pasuk says, and Moshe said, "Okay, we're full. We have 
what we need. Focusing now on verses 27 and 28, the same chapter, Lamed Hei, Chavzayin Chavches. All of a sudden we hear a new, a new group, Vahanesim, <coughs> and the heads of the tribes, they view, they brought us Avnei Hashoyam, the stones of Shoham, Avnei Hamiluim, Leifayit Lachishin, for the breastplate of the Kayin. In comes the Nesim. And the Nesim have their donation to bring. After it says, they had everything, the Nesim show up. And they brought the rare stones that were needed for the breastplate of the Kayim. Everybody in the nation was united in bringing these donations to the temple, to the Mishkan. Why elaborate on a separate note that the Nesim brought? <coughs> Why are they not part of the Jewish nation? Everybody gave, they also gave. <coughs> what was so valuable by what the Nesim donated? And if it was indeed so valuable, let the Terry mention it first. Why is the Terry mentioning it after everybody else's donations? Then it starts to mention the Nesim's donations. In the Midrash Chazal we find an explanation that tells us the Nesim here they're explain, explaining their Indian. And this also talks about in Targum Yenis and Menazil. It talks about Anani Shmaya, the heaven, the clouds. And we see now why they were counted separate. Because this was different than all the other donations that the Jews brought. But according to the simple explanation of the Apostle, it does not make sense. The Almighty commanded in a straightforward Apostle, From all that a person has, they should donate, they should take my truma. Which means to say the truma came from the person, each person. More so, also now a pasha. After the Nesim, it says the Nesim of you. The Nesim brought, and the pasha continues. And it brings now a total, Kalish Visha Shinod of Libom, each and every man and woman that donated. They brought in a dollar. Which means to tell us everything came from the man and the woman, not any other form of fashion. 
That being said, why, again, are we singling out the Nesim? So Rashi says a pshat. Rashi, the champion of the Ben Chamesh the Mikra, comes along and says, Why are the Nesim mentioned last? Ligreyusa, to show a fault in them. Wow. What fault do they have? Lehadgish to stress Shehiviu as Nidvasam Basif that they brought their Nidava at the end. After all the donations were brought by all the Jewish nation comes the Nasim. And they said, We have a donation. This is how Rashi reads. Kach Amru Nesim, this is what the Nesim said. Snadvut Sibur Mashin Snadvin. Let the nation, let the people donate what they're going to donate. Umashin Mechasrin, anything missing. Anu Mashlimim Eisei. We'll make it up. However, Kevin Sheshlimu Sibur Esakel. Since the Tzibur, the congregation, brought everything, Shenemar, as it says in the Pasuk of HaMalacha, Yisadayom, it was sufficient. Amru Nesim, now the Nesim started to say, Uh-oh. What can we do now? So have you Avnei Sheyam, they brought the Avnei Sheyam, But since they tardied, Nechzera Eis Mishmam. A letter is missing from the word Vahanesim, the letter Yud is, is lacking. Because they tardied, they procrastinated on something that the Almighty told them to do right away. Rashi, you got me a clear picture. But, why are they considered nisatzlu? They were lazy. Rashi goes and quotes them, that the Jews brought everything already, without them. So don't put them down. They were in pain for that. And they even said, what's going to be now with us? We waited to the end, but we figured that there'd be plenty missing, and therefore we're going to put plenty into it. We were prepared to put a lot into this. The fact that they went and did everything, you caught us off guard. And now, what's left for us? And therefore at that moment, At that moment, they brought these very valuable things, Avni Sheyam, Avni Maluyim, the Beishim, the Shemen. So we find now the Divri Chazal, the words of the Chazal, 
that the Nesim were in tremendous pain, that they did not have a part in the donations of the Mishkan itself. But rather, the garments of the Kayan. And the Nesim were literally pained from this, that they did not merit to donate for the actual Mishkan. Therefore they said, Since we did not merit, we will give for the big day kengodl, for the garments of the high priest. If that's what Rashi means to say, and he's just closing up, and he's not explaining this difference, that the Malachas HaMishkan the work and things that had to do with the tabernacle were more important than the garments of the Kayan, any place. And also from the simple explanation of the Pasuk, there's no proof to that. Nobody, no, nothing shows us that the garments of the Kehanim were any less important or valuable than the Meneira, or the Mish, or the Shulchan. Actually, within the words of Rashi, he contradicts himself. How? He starts and he says, Kivin Sheshtim Otsibar Sakel, since the, Jew, the nation brought everything, Shanema it says, that the Malacha was sufficient, and that everything ultimately was there, says Rashi. How can then he say, how is the possible that Rashi should now say that something was still missing? The Avni Shayam, Avni Miluyam, Fereifa, Yedachashim. I mean, he said everything was there. There's a commentary in Rashi known as Maskele David. And he asks, Came in the Nidash HaTzibar Nisnadvu Belev Sholem Buruach Nadiva Ashviya Kola Tzedek Vahesar if we saw that the Jews went out on a limb and they were very, very generous, very open-handed, why did they leave out the Amnesheim? Why did they not donate this? fact is, maybe they weren't allowed to bring this. Because maybe we knew that the Nesim's mission was to bring this actually. But we don't see that hinted at all in Rashi. So therefore we return now, we revert back to the question, Rashi contradicts himself here. 
if it was everything was brought, why were these not brought? Elamai. When the Jews came and they brought everything that needed to be brought. The Zov, Chesef, the Cheshes, Tchelas, Agomon, we enumerated everything before. And from this was made the Kalim of the Mishkan and the Bide Kahuna. When they saw there was something lacking, they could not find Avne Shoyam and Avne Miluim. So they turned around, they said, you know what? Here's extra money. Go out there and find them and buy them. We want to make sure, though, that you have enough money for this. We feel bad that we're not donating it directly. We don't have it. We don't have these precious stones. And therefore, they gave extra Besides the money that was given for the actual vessels and for the actual garments and for the actual walls and the edifice, etc., they gave extra money and said, Go out there and buy yourselves a few Avni Shayams and Avni Maluyams while they're at it. So, therefore, they cover their bases. You can't say is a negative statement that they did everything but they didn't do the They did that as well. They just didn't have the actual stones and therefore they donated extra money to make sure that this was purchased. And now we understand that the nation, the congregation of the Jews fulfilled everything and so much so that the Malacha was sufficient. Even what they didn't have in their own possessions per se, the Bnei Yisrael compensated this by extra money to go out and some experts should go find the stones that were lacking. So now the Nesim felt they're not an even keel with the rest of the nation. Their donation is is not an even keel. The Jews brought everything that was necessary. But the donation brought by the Nasim was not a possibility. Even though the Jews brought the amount that would be sufficient to purchase these stones, the Nasim saved the day in that nobody had to go looking and purchasing these stones. And they provided the stones. Now we can understand, the Nesim said to begin with, Yisnadu, Tzibur, Mashinim, Let them donate what they want to donate. 
And whatever is going to be lacking will, will compensate. They didn't have to compensate anything that was lacking. Because the tzibur donated everything. Even in a way that there was no lacking of anything. The stones that they did not donate was covered in, phys- in financial. Therefore the Nevi'im were, the Nesim, sorry, were pained. They felt that they were not participating, even killed with the rest of the Jews. So much so, that their action was considered atzlus, a laziness. In order to fix this, when it came to Chanukah Sabayis, Chanukah they were the first ones on the board. They said, let us do before anybody else does. We don't want to end up again looking bad and by lacking and by doing not like everybody else. Today is Chof Adar, the birthday of the Rebetzin Chayim Mushka, a day which, of course, for us is Chsidim, Eim Abonim Yisrael. The Rebetzin was like the mother to all the Chsidim. And therefore, on this day, Umazola gave her. And being the aim be Yisrael for us, it's a day of prayer, a day that we can take advantage to make sure that we pray, that all is well, and that all that we need is fulfilled, and even more so, that the rabbits can see to it all that we request, especially the ultimate request of B.S. Gail Tzedek and Mashiach Tzedekinu, should come into fruition. This Shabbos, as we said, is Chavzai and Adar. We'll go down in history, probably as the saddest day in Chabad. Chavzai and Adar, the Rebbe went to the Eil, suffered a massive stroke and thereafter did not communicate with Chassidim whatsoever. And from Chavzayin Adar until Gimel Tammuz, Tavshinun Dalid. Besides the Rebbe being in his office and sometimes coming out to the porch to see the Chassidim and to gesture his hand, his holy hand for the Chassidim to sing, to be besimcha, we did not have any communication with our Rebbe. The communication had totally halted, and the Rebbe refused, offered many different things, technologies, computers, you name it, 
the Rebbe refused to communicate with us. The Rebbe left us a yearning to fight on our own and to see to it that we win the ultimate battle. And although to us it seems as a very sad day, it's a day which we need to look back in retrospect and understand what the Rebbe was teaching us as children of the Eivishter. <coughs> Go back to Chazak. Mm-hmm. We know not the beginning and the end of a Chumash of a Teda need to be connected and anything else in Teda also always needs to be connected. The beginning of the Chumash Shemei starts off with the story of Batya, the daughter of Pari, saving Moshe. She sent her hand and then Strashi says that it stretched out so that she was able to save Moshe. And the end of Chumash Shemei tells us how the Mishkan was constructed, everything was there, it was all in one piece, but it could not, nobody was able to stand up the walls. They were just lying there. They were attached. Heavy wood covered with gold. The beams were very, very heavy, each one. And here they were attached by by this one beam on the outside. How are they to lift this? And when Moshe asked the Abishta, how do I lift this? The Abishta says, put your hand to it, my friend. And he just reached out his hand and the walls stood up on their own. The message being in the beginning of the Chumash and the end of the Chumash, reach out, show, give the effort, make the effort. Hashem will see to it that we are successful and that our efforts are blessed. And as we come now to Chedish Nisan, a Chedish which we start on Rishchidosh to read every day, the Nasi of the Yom, the Karm that the Nasi brought, starting Rishchidosh, and because there are twelve Nasiim that bring the Karbanis, each day is a Yomtif for that Nasi, and we won't say Tachnun, <coughs> celebrating the Yomtif of the Nasi. And then we turn around and we go another eight days of Passover, of Pesach, which again is a yomtif, and which we will not say taknun. And what, how beautiful is Teda to tell us that if the majority of the month, month we don't say taknun, we shouldn't say the whole month. And therefore, Chedesh Nisan is a month that we do not say taknun the entire month. So hopefully, Mi'atza Hashem, Shiach will come today, and we will never have to say Tachnun again. But we have still Nisan, Nigalu, Nisan, Asidin, the Higoyal. In Nisan, the Jews are redeemed. In Nisan, they will ultimately in the future be redeemed. So we have that anticipation here as well. And we say that Chedesh Nisan will be the actual Gula, not just of Mitzrayim, but our personal Gula of Gula 
of our exile. And therefore we will be saying for the last time, Tachnun, the next day or two, so that we go into the Shkedish Nisim, we will not say Tachnun ever again in this Golos. And we will find ourselves even this Shabbos, Mi'at Hashem, in Yerushalayim, Yerakadosh, in the Beis HaMikdosh, in the Bayez HaShlishi, with Mashiach Tzidkenu leading us, Shabbat Shalom to all. <laughs>